uh, Acts chapter 2. We're going to start there. And uh, those of you who were not here last week, uh, 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 Chad Kurtz was here with Truth and Nature. And so we got some uh, pamphlets. Um, uh, it's a ministry targeting fatherless boys um, uh, across the United States. If you have questions, you can go see Mr. Jim Harkless. He uh, serves with them. You all know Jim. And, uh, and so go uh, talk to him. And so um, great opportunity here in the community that, um, that God is doing uh, some neat things. And so it was great hearing from Chad last week. And uh, just we want to highlight that, um, that, that God is at work. And so uh, we're reminded there. Um, well, back in uh, uh, May, uh, Sarah went uh, to Korea. She's never been that far. And so uh, every, every, uh, every people group and country, had, there was different cultures and different ways of life, of, of doing things. And, and so we in America, we, we, we tend to think our way is right. Um, every culture thinks their way is right. And I would say you tend to view the world, and I would even say spiritually, we, we view the Bible through our culture too. We, we approach the Bible as an American. And what do we know for it is in America? We're independent. We, we can do our own thing, and, and we don't really need anybody. I mean, we don't, we don't ever say it that directly. Um, but that has some value, but that's not fully true. And so one of the things that... Uh, Sarah noticed very quickly, and I heard, heard her share the story multiple times, but um, when you go into a restaurant in Korea, uh, they don't hand everybody menus. Well, maybe they do. Do they do that? Okay, they do do that. All right, so I didn't get the full story. They hand you menus. But when you order for your, at your table, you don't go around and say, here's what I would like. Wow. Yeah, that would be... Well, then what do you do? When you order, you order for your table. It's kind of like a family-style meal, but that's how you order. So if someone likes chicken nuggets and someone doesn't, you have to wrestle about it. But it comes down to they are a much more communal culture. Their value is we need each other. We're here to help one another. I don't just go off by myself and do my own thing. And so I think as we, you know, as we look at, you know, our theme this morning is God's will and the church. And so one of the things that we see in America, I would probably say definitely in America, there is a drifting. I'll just walk with Jesus. That church thing, you know, it's so messed up. I don't, you know, I've been hurt, I, I, whatever. We've all heard the stories, right? And they're true. The church does hurt people. Because the church is made up of who? People. Sinful people that have been redeemed by Christ. But we hurt each other. And so some of those stories are true. But the truth is, more and more, you can't just walk with Christ by yourself and intimately walk with him. You can't do it. You can think you can. And maybe you're walking as good as what you say you're doing but you'll never see how much you could become if you don't have people encouraging you and challenging you. And on the days you don't feel like it, come on, let's go. Let's keep going in there. Let's not give up. 
And so God's will in the church, and uh, I'm going to start here, Acts 2, um, verse 42. I'm just going to, these were, you know, when the church started, it had a beginning after Jesus died and rose again and came back to life, and it was birthed 50 days uh, later at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came, and the, the church was started, this body of both Jew and Gentile came together because of Christ. And so look at their priorities in verse 42. And they, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers, praying. So obviously we could talk about all these, but this morning what we're going to focus on, God's will um, for the church is prayer. Prayer is one of the components that we're going to look at. It's unique to any other organization, any other thing in society. We should be a people that when good things happen, we say praise God, and when difficult things happen, we say, let's get, on our, let's get on our knees and let's seek the Lord. Let's go to God. And so we see that in Acts chapter 12. We're going to look at, uh, at an example, and, and we know that, um, you know, the church was started. They didn't know what they were doing. Um, people were trusting Christ. Turn over to Acts chapter 12. And, um, and again, they were not, li- you know, they were not living in times of comfort and just me and Jesus and we'll just enjoy one another. No, it, it was a tense time. There was opposition. The opposition that killed Christ didn't stop when Jesus rose from the grave. They continued on. And the church was thriving in that opposition because the church always thrives when there is an opposition. When you got to make fish or cut bait, you're either going to, am I going to be all in with Christ or am I just going to go the other way? And what we see with God is he doesn't need the majority. He always works in the minority. He doesn't need thousands. He can take one obedient child or of God and do unbelievable things because the power comes from him and so starting in uh, acts chapter 12 uh, we see here let me just read these first two verses about and about that time verse one herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church he killed james the brother of john this is james the disciple with the sword Who wants to follow Christ? Might cost you your life. For James, it did. Jesus told him up front, right? He warned him. He said, "Don't, don't, don't think my road is easy. John chapter 16, verse 33. Let me read it. And I have said these things to you, that in me, me you may have peace. 
Listen to those words. In the world, you will have tribulation. He doesn't say you could, you may, you will have tribulation. If you follow Christ, you will have tribulation, guaranteed. And if we're not feeling it, we're probably talking about safer things than we're talking about Jesus Christ. You bring up Christ's name, him, there will be an opposition, guaranteed. But he gives comfort. But take heart. What does he say? I have overcome the world. So this week, when you watch the news and see this stuff's going on, remember Jesus' words. I have overcome the world. I know it doesn't look like it. Faith doesn't look like it. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Get your confidence in me. And so Jesus warned his disciples. And so James loses his life here. And I I don't want to trivialize it, but it was very real. Remember what Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. How do we pray? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the prayer of a disciple of Christ. Prayer of surrender. Your kingdom come, God. You see things I don't see. And so here James is killed God had a purpose in it. Doesn't mean it wasn't painful. Doesn't mean it wasn't horrific. And so, as we see here, the reality of when we walk with Christ, it doesn't mean everything's going to be the Walt Disney movie, that it's all going to turn out good for the right now. God's perspective isn't the now. His perspective is eternity. So part of God's will here was to bring James home. So it continues on. So what happens? Verse 3, and, when he, and, and when, he, when he saw it, it pleased the Jews. He proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. You know, here's a politician. You know, hey, the people are pleased. Great. We'll take another one. So it's not new. Verse 4, and when, when he had seized him, he put him in prison delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. Now, this is not the first time Peter finds himself in prison. And so why does, um, and uh, who was this? Herod. Why does Herod, um, why does he put four squads squads of soldiers around Peter? Because the last time Peter was in prison, he got out. And it wasn't his own doing. Because God is not limited and bound by the things in this world. And so what did Herod say? Well, he got out last time, not this time. We're going to put more boys on him. And so what do we see? We see Peter is bound, and and what what is the spiritual significance? Prayer is loosed. Prayer is unleashed. Look at verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made 
to God by the church. So how is the church supposed to respond to tribulation and to hardship and to difficulty? Option one, Facebook. That's not how we respond. What does the church do? What's the resource God has given us? The most high God of the universe is available and accessible every second of your day. There's no person in the world like that. Your mom, your dad, your spouse, your kids, your parent. There's no human being that is available 24-7, but God is. We have the greatest resource. Go to the Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And that's what we see the church doing here. Because they didn't have anything else. And so what do they do? They gather. And they pray. And so let me just read down through here. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on the very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. So look at Peter here. Is Peter stressed? Is he changing, you know, oh, what am I going to do? He's sleeping. He is totally at peace, totally at ease. He knows what God, and he doesn't know, I mean, he could lose his head tomorrow. But it's, he was at peace with God. He was sleeping. Sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. See, God's not bound by the things of this world. He's not. And again, keep perspective here. What God is going to do with Peter, and what did God do with James? He's the same God. And so let's let God be God. There's times that he rescues us, and there's times that his rescue is in eternity, not in the now. So he said, get up quickly, and the chains fell off. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so, and he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know what he was that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them on its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. These are going to be all the things in heaven. Peter, how long did, these, did this sentence take? How long did it take to come to? Was it immediate? Was, it, was he standing there for 10 minutes? We don't know. But one day we'll be able to ask him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. So what is the church doing? Not talking about praying, not saying we should do this, 
They are responding to real circumstances by saying, we need to seek the Lord. We don't know how long. We don't know if they were there for 12 hours, an hour. These are other, it doesn't matter. The church was a praying church. When things happened, their response was, all right, God, we're going to get on our knees and seek you. Because you know better than we do. church drifted the last couple hundred years? It has. Well, Steve, you don't know how hard praying is. Yeah, I do. I know it's work. I know many days you're praying and you feel like it's not going anywhere. God understands that. It's the act of faith. Verse 12, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when, when he had knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. And she recognized Peter's voice. In her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. I mean, do you, again, do you see the humor here? Verse 15, they said to her, <laughs> so here they are, oh, Lord, God, rescue Peter, don't allow, J-, you know. Uh, guys, Peter's at the door. What, what do they say? You are out of your mind. That's impossible. You see the humanity here, right? That they're praying But yet at the same time, did they really believe that God could do this? Well, I'm sure they believe that God could, but they said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel. See, they they couldn't say God could do this. They they make up another story. Well, I guess the answer would be uh, an angel. Eh, You're, You're hearing a voice. So we see the reminder here of God's answer to prayer. But Peter continued knocking, and when they, when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. See, this is the communal part, that, we never, that we're never alone in our walk with God. So Peter is reminding them, What was happening here is because you were over here praying. God was using you. God was using you on your knees. Yes, even in the moment when you didn't think God could do it, God was still using you. And God was working over here. Because the work of God is never just independent by ourselves. We're always part of a bigger community. We need to recognize that. Isn't that comforting? It's very comforting. So 
second part of the verse, I'll just read verse 17, I got off. But motioning them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. So what do we see here? We see the God who answers the church's prayer in a, in a, in a supernatural miraculous way. But don't forget in the same chapter we see God allow hardship and tribulation. James was brought home to see his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It cost him his life following Christ. And we know one day it would cost Peter his life. I think all the apostles except John were uh, martyred for their faith. They were martyred for their faith. And so what's the message here? The message here, the church needs to be a praying body. The message here is not just a praying body, but also a, a body that is looking and seeing God's answers, what he's saying and what he's doing and what that looks like. So I'm going to ask uh, Bill Chiffone's going to come on up here, and he's going to share a little bit of his story, um, just what God has been doing uh, in his life the last couple months. And um, so I'm going to let him. Do you like coming up front? No. <laughs> exactly. Very good. So why don't you share a little no. bit of your story? And uh, thanks, Bill. Oh, a couple of months ago, I met with pastor, and uh, we had lunch, and Gave him my story from back in the days. And, uh, and we met a couple months ago, and I'm talking, thinking to myself, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to stand up here and give my story. <laughs> but he asked me a couple months ago, or a couple weeks ago, actually, and without a hesitation, I said, yes. I said, I'll do it. And he wanted me to share like the last year and a half and two years of my life. And it's, it's been a journey. Um, since my walk with God in the last year and a half and two years of my life, it wasn't where I thought I wanted, I wanted it to be. I said, after becoming a Christian, I said, I never thought my spiritual life would ever take a hit. I would ever suffer. But I guess when you go days, weeks, or months without spending time with God, without reading the Bible, without praying, it's going to happen. It's going to take a hit. You've got to meditate on God's word. Pray earnestly. Spend that connection time with the Lord. And I wasn't doing that. Especially when you work in a prison like I do. And you got to deal with a lot of bad people. It's not easy to fight a spiritual battle without having the tools necessary to fight that battle. I forgot how to fight. I forgot how to put on God's armor. I forgot how to do all that. And I knew I needed it. I longed for it. I earnestly longed for it. But I just needed to get back. I wasn't totally 
disconnected my schedule. The way it works is I was able to make a church every fifth and sixth week. So I wasn't having that community of believers. I wasn't connected. So I'd listen to Family Life Radio, and I would listen to Pastor Greg Laurie on the radio in the mornings. And one day he was talking about, he'd come up with the three R's. He said, when a Christian is in that place, that place of darkness, that place not connected with God, he says, remember the three R's. And I'm like, okay. He says, remember, repent, and repeat. He said, remember your first love. Like Revelation 2, when God told the church of Ephesus, remember your first love, come back, repent. And then he says, repeat. He says, whenever you feel in that place again, he says, remember, repeat, repent and repeat. And I'm like, that, that hit me. That lit a spark in my life. So the next morning I got up and after a 15-hour shift, and it's like I fought through the tiredness and I did it. I spent quality time with the Lord that morning, and it started after that. Every morning I started to get up early, hour, hour and a half early, pray, read, spent some time. And it started to change. I, I started to, my spirit started to lift, my faith started to build. And it started to change. So I was turning back from, you know, I was turning back from my ways and turned back to Christ, but I was still lacking something. I was still lacking memorization of the scriptures. And I knew I started to I started to memorize, but by the day's end, I would forget what I learned that morning. And it is because I wasn't I wasn't immersing myself. I wasn't quoting it throughout the day. I wasn't using it to fight the battles. And and fast forward to four or five months ago, fast forward backward, whatever way you want to go with this, and you hear the word cancer. And it's such a life-changing word. And it definitely was such a life-changing word, it turns out to be. I don't remember asking God why this happened, but I do remember telling God, I can't get through this without you. I remember wanting to break down. Not for me, but for my family. What a burden this is on them. I don't make it through this. My sister's college roommate sent me a book. It's by Brian Wills. It's called 10 Hours to Live. And I thought to myself, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, gee, this is nice. <laughs> but starting that book, what a message. What a message this man has. 
he battled one of the rarest cancers ever that killed children in hours in Africa. Nobody in America had ever had this cancer. No one ever survived it. But he did. He survived it. By immersing himself in Scripture, by forgiveness through Christ, he was able to battle this, and God healed him. And I remember not much through the book. I was like, I have two choices. I can either feel sorry for myself and watch my family suffer even farther through this, or I can grab the bull by the horns and I can fight this battle the way I know how to do it, and that's through Christ. And that's what I started doing. 15 verses in 16 days I was able to memorize. God used that. And one of those verses was Psalms 41.3. It says, The Lord sustains him on his sickbed, and in his illness he restores him to full health. And the LLV says, the Lord nurses them back to health. Jeremiah 17, 14 was another. It says, oh Lord, if you heal me, I will be healed. If you save me, I will be saved. For you alone are my praise. And this is the one that stuck with me for the fight. It's Psalms 118, 17. It says, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And that's what I've been doing since then. Everyone who asks me what's going on, I say, hey, you know, everything's going good, and I've got to thank God. I got to, you know, I give God the glory. I declare his healing. I declare his word. And whenever I have, and the enemy tries to, you know, put things in my head of negativity or other people I hear, you know, the negativity, 2 Timothy 1.7 comes to mind that he gave me. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What a journey this has been the last few months. Everything that I've been wanting, everything my heart's desire to be connected with Christ is finally coming true. That earnesty, that longing, the memory, the closeness to fight the spiritual battle through his word. I've learned how to praise God through the pain. I've heard people talk about it. But I've never experienced it until now. And what joy and peace you have when it happens. It's unbelievable. It's indescribable. Some people think I'm crazy when I say this. <laughs> especially non-believer, and I tell them anyway, I said, except for my family having, to, having the burden to go through this with me, I said, I wouldn't change a thing. All the pain, the chemo, the radiation, I wouldn't change it because of this, because of what God has done in my life. Thank you. message <clears throat> the spiritual is greater than the physical God uses the physical that's what we see in Acts 
I, uh, I met up with Bill yesterday, and um, I asked him if I could read this one text that he shared. I didn't ask Erin, but I'm sure she won't care, because <laughs> she never cares. But I got this back in August. It says, uh, here's what he says. Remember when I said I wanted a deeper knowledge, a deeper understanding, a deeper relationship with God? It's happening, my friend. Aaron said to me today when we were driving in the car, we were listening to the radio, and she said, what is happening? You never sing along with the radio. I told her I'm very joyful for what God is doing, so I'm singing to him. So I remember reading that and laughing. Because that's part of the walk with God, is that God goes beyond, and it's in the midst. And so the message here is, as a church, we need to continue to pray. Because I'm sure if, if we had a mic, every one of us could share our tribulation. Every one of us could share the trial that we're going through. And God leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? So that we would stay close to him. It's the only way we stay close to him. Pain is what moves us close to him. It's the only thing. And so yes, it is hard. And so this is why we lean on our church family. Encouragement. I'm going to invite the, uh, the worship team to come up here and I think this next song is very appropriate because it really comes back to because Christ lives. The spiritual over the physical. Jesus died physically to rescue us spiritually. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for your patient God with us. God, in the story, we can identify it with ourselves in, in it at some place. And God, you're just so patient with us. You wait on us. And so, God, we just pray as a body of believers. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done in our lives. God, that our focus wouldn't be the here and now. But our focus, God, would be eternity. Increase our faith, God, as a church. God, that we wouldn't just live in our own strength. And God, that we would listen and respond to the spirit of God and your prompts and your working in our life. God, so that you can be exalted. That you can be glorified. And so, Father, as we sing these songs, Lord, that you would minister to our hearts. God, the person that is rejoicing right now, that you would rejoice, God, with them. But God, the brother or sister that is mourning over something, God, that you would be the comfort to them. That you would be the comfort to them. 
So, Father, we just thank you for all of these things. And in your name. Amen.